You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with my co-host India Jackson to get the dialogue going. Hello, everybody. So today is going to be slightly different. Today, we are actually going to be interviewed by our guest, Um, and I would actually really appreciate getting feedback from everyone as to whether or not you would like us to be interviewed by other people in the future. Um, After this, I'm like, this is kind of cool. I kind of like this idea of people interviewing us. Um, So this will be our first time doing it. I'm really excited for that. And the opportunity to have our guests interview us to ask the questions that pulled out these answers that we may or may not have thought about. This is something that I'm like really, really excited about because so often, you know, when I do interviews, it's like, okay, this is what comes to mind for me. And I think it's so important sometimes for the guests to be able to be like, Hey, this is what I would want to know, or this is what I'm thinking, or this is what I've wanted to, you know, inquire about, you know, with you and kind of find out what your answers are. And so I'm actually super, super excited because the amazing Laura Sprinkle, who we have been working, you know, in all of these ways to build out and move into Phase two of our amazing affiliate program, our partner program that we created um, after having gone through Rock Your Affiliate, Laura's signature program, and learning that Laura is just this amazing human. Like, this has just been just so amazing. And Laura is going to actually ask us questions about our partner program. And so you'll get an opportunity to hear about how we created our program for our partners for um, Pause on the Play, um, how they share about the community, some of the things that we've learned. And it really was just an experience to go through it. And I really can't think of anyone else that I would have wanted to have learned 
this from. Like Laura comes with a level of enthusiasm and ethics and values that is very much aligned. And again, she's just an all around awesome human. Laura Sprinkle is an affiliate partnership strategist who specializes in working with digital course creators. Her strategies have helped everyone from seven-figure industry leaders to budding entrepreneurs garner more than $30 million in partner revenues. Laura's unique approach to partnerships involves creating high-touch relationships, empowering clients like Amy Porterfield, Todd Herman, and Selena Sue to bring as much fun to the process as possible. Her expertise has been featured in Forbes and top-rated business podcasts. You'll be able to really dig into this episode to learn how Indy and I um, really got into creating our program, why we created it, the things that we did differently. I love the fact that Laura was very, you know, honest and like, you know, what did you do differently? So it wasn't just about you follow my program exactly. So that part I'm really excited for you to get into. And I think that it's always important to acknowledge that people are going to take what you give them and make it work for them. So we got to really share how we made this our own and like, it was great. And if this is something that you are interested in, this is where I would love for you to be able to go on over and visit laurasprinkle.com forward slash pause on the play so that you'll be able to learn a little bit more about what's going on. And you'll also be able to hear Laura's takeaway at the end of what she wants you to go do. So um, really excited for you to hear about how this program supported us, how it is that it played into us creating the Pause on the Play Community Partnership Program, how it is that we learned about creating partnership programs via Laura Sprinkle and her Rocker Affiliate Program, and how we have just decided to make sure that values and impact are what we lead with. We want to make sure that we acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the stolen land of the Susquehannock, Piscataway, and Antigua people native to this area known as Maryland. Also, by the way, um, sometimes imperfection and real life is a part of what's happening, and we want to still make sure that we're keeping the dialogue going. So as we're recording, you may hear a little bit of noise in the back. India had some construction happening at home, but that's okay. Let's still make sure that we take all the goodness that is present today in this conversation between us. Let's do this. All right, so I'm real excited that this is going to be a little bit different. India, are you ready to be interviewed? today yes yes <laughs> especially by who we're about to be interviewed from super excited for that so i talked about you already in the intro hello laura i'm so glad you're here hello hello so happy to be here with both of you always any any chance i get i know same, same, same. Okay. So basically I am now going to go ahead and move out of my <laughs> being the host. And I'm a guest. This is the Laura show right now. What you got? I love it. Yay. I love <laughs> leading things. So this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so. The evil laugh. Right. <laughs> We're going to dig into the tough questions here. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Pause on the Play. Uh, so, India and Erica, 
Mm-hmm. I would love to know, first and foremost, I know that you talk about this all the time on your show, of course, and a lot of people listening already know, but I want us to get recentered back into when you created Pause on the Play, like why? What is your vision for this community for Pause on the Play? Let's get recentered there. I'll say from my perspective, it has changed and shifted and been refined over time. Uh, But as I think about why does our community even exist in the first place, one of the biggest reasons is that we wanted to bring together brands and entrepreneurs to reconsider their normals in life and in work. And part of that is also supporting them in moving from implicit to explicit values and evolving the way that they show up for themselves and for others so that they can grow their influence. That I'm like, I almost, I almost have nothing to add that. (laughs) And I think that allowing people to openly, vulnerably and transparently connect with one another, be in conversation uh, to not only like take in the stories of one another, but to actually figure out how that's going to shape the actions that they take, the space that they take up, the support that they can provide. You know, how does this impact the actions that I'm now going to embark on? And how is it that I can utilize this as purposeful information and a push to be my best self at any given moment? Mm. Absolutely. When I think back of the conversations that you and I used to have, Erica, privately initially. Mm-hmm. And then at some point I was like, I don't feel like writing this blog post. We're going to record it. It really was a reconsidering of each other's normals. Yes, I mean, even being two Black women in America and also two women that I'll say mostly for me, but for sure for you, grew up in Maryland, D.C. area, Mm -hmm. Um, we still have different normals than each other. We still have different experiences in each other that we're constantly bouncing back and forth with each other, sharing and learning and exploring. And so being able to expand that into a podcast where other people got to listen in on what we had to share and then realizing, but even then, what other normals do we not know about? What have we not considered? Um, the community, to me, just really provided an opportunity for all of us to do that together. Fully agree. And not, I'm going to throw a question that I didn't think of before in here, which is, like, what made you want to do it together in partnership? Like, why didn't you, India, create something on your own? Or why didn't you, Erica, create something on your own for these conversations? <laughs> so first off, we have we I mean we've we've been friends for almost 15 years at this point, like actual like life friends. Like <laughs> I trust you with my children, like we, you know, interact with one each other's families and so like actual friends. And truth be told, she's more like my sister, but I digress. Um <laughs> I like we have always had a shared level of what we wanted to deliver to people and values and ethics and kind of standards. And so it makes perfect sense when those things are already in place to be able to create something with someone that you're not having to 
constantly explain yourself or, you know, do you know how I work or what my vision is? And for both of us, I think we knew that what we did separately really complemented the other. And we knew that that was a great way for us to be able to support people by making sure that the values came in and there was kind of the, um, coaching and consulting and diversity, equity, and inclusion pieces for me, but the uh, marketing and the branding and the visibility pieces that India had, they just fit together in a way that nothing was being left behind. And to do it separately almost felt like it was doing a disservice to it. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I'll say also, like you touched on it, but being explicit about it, we have very different strengths. And um, I was very clear that there is a benefit to having the type of strengths that you bring, Erica, into a space that has some of the type of more tangible strengths that I have and vice versa. Um, and so I, I didn't realize it when we made the decision to do it together. Um, but I'll say in like hindsight now, you know, years later, that it's also just it's easier. Um, there's more ease because I can stay in the area of excellence that I have and not feel like I have to cover these areas that are really not my thing. Mm -hmm. You're able to do the same. Mm -hmm. And even when we talk about the community with other people, um, just naturally, it's, it's exciting and it's easy to share how incredible the members are. But also when we talk about who the leadership is and the ownership behind it, um, it's always easier to praise and love on someone else. For me, I can't speak for other people <laughs> than exactly. it is yourself sometimes. Right. So I can brag about all the amazing things that is Erica Corday, and you're able to do the same. That, and I do think that that is a thing that is a huge benefit because very often it is challenging to not only recognize what the strengths and benefits are that you bring, but to be able to language it and to share it in a, you know, easy way that not only touches on the tangible, but the intangible as, as well. And having somebody else to support you with that and to be able to witness you when maybe you can't witness yourself. Um, that is one of the things that I'm really grateful to be able to have in our functioning and flourishing, you know, partnership. Yeah. I remember when I interviewed, well, I guess y'all were interviewing me and then I turned the tables on you. <laughs> you Last did. time we had a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, asked each of you to talk the other one up. And it's so much easier in so many, you know, instances to really promote and love on, you know, another person uh, rather than, you know, bragging on ourselves. So, I, you know, your partnership is so beautiful for all of us to witness. And we're so grateful, all of us who are in your community, that you decided to do it. Hmm. So what are some of the qualities that you could brag on your community about? Like who are, you know, I mean, you know, we're not going to name favorites unless you want to, obviously me, just kidding. <laughs> 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 what are some of the qualities of your favorite members of Pause on the Play? Transparency. I have been humbled to witness the way people are willing to be transparent about themselves their own journeys and how they don't go on it alone. There's always this, like, I'm happy for you to, you know, come along with me if we're exploring similar things or to share what 
I've learned um, to, to give you feedback if it is something that you want from me based on what I have experienced and coming from not only my own experiences in the past in business, as well as witnessing some other people, that's not always a common thing. And I think there's so much value there that there is that spirit of support and openness and sharing and a willingness to, you know, be transparent about not only business, but even life things. We've um, had people that have been very vocal about um, things like, you know, hey, these were my pronouns and now this is how I feel and I feel good to show up in this way. And I'm now experiencing this new journey and, you know, they've been very open about that. And to to know that we kind of created the space that they felt like they had access to that. Like, that's just one of those things that for me has been like, oh my gosh, wow. You have full chills hearing that. So good. Yeah, I would say openness, um, as you said, Erica, is one of the biggest things that has felt like one of my favorite things, um, being someone who sometimes even struggles for myself to be open and visible, even though that's like what I support people with doing. Um, it's just been a beautiful experience to witness people who may be shy or a bit more introverted or reserved, be open to trying new things. Um, open to sharing and a space that they feel safe enough to do so. And witnessing how that's completely evolved, not just their businesses, their work, or how much revenue they have at the end of the day, but also their lives and how they see themselves in the mirror, what um, they're witnessing even in themselves that maybe they didn't realize was there before. The other thing that comes up for me too, just to piggyback on that, is that we had some clients recently that gave us some very transparent, very beautiful feedback about how part of the reason that they decided to even want to work with us was around uh, the fact that imperfect allyship really gave them something that they had not experienced before, which was the permission and the knowledge that you are learning. And yes, you can be active and you're going to make mistakes and that's okay. And I think that our community has just done such a stellar job of being in action imperfectly and not waiting for this imaginary moment to do something, to, you know, ask the questions in respectful and consent considerate ways, to learn the things that are going to help them to help someone else, to figure out what do they need to do to keep moving and to try their best to not let fear be the reason why they don't. And the fact that something that is a cornerstone of what we do really has gotten so much bigger and really moved out into this place of, you know, imperfect allyship really being about how can I take action imperfectly in so many ways? You know, who am I giving my money to? Who am I... um, using my platform and privilege to advocate for and to amplify, you know, how is it that I can be aware of the space that I take up and all, you know, the language that I'm using, all of these things. And that again has just been this humbling experience to know that something we created has had such a far reaching impact and is just 
integrated itself into so many things. Yeah, I think there's their own willingness to be imperfect and be okay and actually proud of those imperfections and things that make them different. And then there's also their acceptance and witnessing other people's imperfections and doing that from a place of celebrating them instead of what I think culture and society can do is shame and blame us for what makes us different. Yeah. And that's been really beautiful to witness um, them supporting each other in that kind of way. Well, I mean, all of this is so good. And obviously, you know, the three of us here believe, and I believe that everybody listening to this envisions a world where there is more diversity, equity, and inclusion, and there is more explicit values and, you know, all the beautiful things that you're doing and creating with these members. And in order to have that kind of impact on people and in order to facilitate that space where your members can can have these experiences obviously you need to have members in the community and so I'm wondering like how have people found you and what kind of ways have you been able to grow your membership in order to make that impact well, one of them is right here. Um, <laughs> the, the, the podcast is very often um, a segue in. And, you know, one of those things that the podcast definitely supports is that inclusivity because there's the people that are taking it in by just, you know, listening to us right now and hearing our voice or those that are taking in our article that's created as our answer to show notes so that if um, you happen to be neurodivergent, if you happen to um, be hearing impaired, any of these things, you are still able to access the content in any or all of the ways so that you're not limited to just one thing, because for us, it's really important for people to have access. And so that kind of has set the stage for people to know, oh, well, you're already kind of showing your your values. Um, and so the podcast has definitely been a great way to be able to not only have these values show up in conversation, but it's a part of how this entire entity was created and how it's carried out. Yeah. And I'll also say um, it's been the amplification of the members, um, those that feel comfortable with being on podcasts. We've had some of them here. Um, we've shared their content on social media and things like that. Um, I would say definitely we've experimented with quite a bit of things, but what stayed consistent has been organic sharing and amplifying humans and ideas and concepts, um, and their willingness to share what they're taking in from us and our brand as well. Uh, some things that we tried in the past, (laughs) oh boy. Because we thought we should, you know, (laughs) that we no longer do, Um, is we did experiment with, for one of our events, um, having some social media ads. And I want to say we experimented with like five to $10. Don't quote me on that. Um, Just to see how it felt. It's like, we've we've not tried this. Should we? Should. Mm. Yeah, You know, you need to pause when you're using the shoulds. Be giving this a try. Because it was an important event that we wanted to be able to open up to the public, not just members. Um, We thought that the message was very important and timely. And so we wanted that reach to be far and wide. 
um, because of the impact that that event could have had on people's lives. And so we experimented with that and we realized along the way that uh, A, as the more technical side of our business, I hate putting together social ads because it asks for demographics and this feels like stereotypes and that's completely misaligned with our business to go in and say that we want people who make this much money at this age range. And what is that implying about these people um, that we honestly know nothing about? And so we experimented with that. We really didn't get any results from it too, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) And then we reevaluated and said, okay, we tried it. This is misaligned. It's not getting results. Let's just not do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's so interesting how many things that my clients and myself have experimented with and like, oh, this strays a little outside our values and we're going to, you know, we're going to give it a try for whatever reason, right? It's not like a nefarious reason or it's not a bad reason. It's just (laughs) like we believe in our thing. We're going to try it. And then it often doesn't actually work. (laughs) Right. No. Yeah. And for us, it was very clearly like this is potentially where the people who may benefit most from this free event are. Mm -hmm. And we want to be able to reach them. So maybe we're willing to bend a little bit on this lack of aligned ethics between (laughs) our, our brand's values and Instagram, Facebook's values. But even then, uh, I think sometimes your, your gut tells you what you need to know. (laughs) So it's like, okay, we've done this. Yeah, no. Let's continue to put our energy and what really feels true to us, which is investing in the people. Right. Yeah. So now I want to ask you, (laughs) what intrigued you about a a new way of, of reaching more people, a.k.a. using affiliate partners, which is not a new way of reaching more people. That is like a tried, trusted, old as you know, a land is all this time. I don't even know if that's it. <laughs> I don't think that's the right lyrics. But, um, you know, what interested you about creating an affiliate program? Um, I really want India to answer this, but I'm going to give you my two things and I'm going to move out the way really quick and let her hop in. Number one, um, full transparency, because it was you. Um, because I knew that you were not going to give me something that was going to be ethically questionable. Like I didn't have to worry about like, I'm going to get in here and it's going to be some tactics that I know I am not about to do. (laughs) I'm not going to touch this. I don't want to be affiliated with it. And so that is where I, you know, want to reiterate that I think that that kind of no like and trust thing is so important because there was a time when values didn't matter in business and they always have, but now they're a non-negotiable. And so for me, that was a thing. And one of the other things for me that was a big one was I was determined that if we were going to consider, you know, this as an option, I was not going to do this in the way that I have witnessed some people do it. That was Mm. questionable. And I was determined to figure out how we could do this and do it in a way that it felt good for us. And it felt like, oh, this actually does not feel icky. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm good with this. I am supporting this common goal and my values are intact. 
because that's important. And so it was almost kind of like, I'm going to prove I ain't got to do it like everybody else. Mm. I had a little bit of that show up for me. So, I mean, I, the, from some of the other pieces, I want India to come in. But for me, it was just kind of that piece of like, Mm-mm, I want to do it like this. And that's what I'm going to do. Oh, uh, I have a lot of things that come to mind, but we only have one podcast episode right now we're recording. <laughs> I'm going to keep it as short as I can. <laughs> but what really attracted me um, as somebody who, you know, can be viewed as an influencer in the traditional sense of, a, you know, supporting brands and having partnerships and things like that, um, and has also done a lot of work with influencers, helping them develop their brands and find the right partners. I've seen a lot of things transpire. And as Erica said, some of it can be pretty icky. You have people selling things that they don't even know anything about or have never used. You have uh, just some, some, we won't even go down that road, but (laughs) I'm sure y'all know some of the practices out there. And I'm just going to be real. I wanted to be disruptive. I wanted to change how people think about affiliate partnerships. <laughs> and I was like, if we're going to do one, this is our opportunity to do that. So what do we want to do differently? Well, number one, we want to emphasize people. Um, why are we giving our money to entities that are literally explicitly going after, if we're going to be honest, every other platform that comes out and stealing their ideas and concepts have racist algorithms. No, let's actually amplify that there's another way to do this, to reach new people, which is putting your money into other humans. And it's not just the other humans, but it's also looking at the financial equity that is possible with that. So when we are investing in our partners who are happy to spread the word anyway about our programs, um, but we are also allowing them to financially gain from that, there's the potential there to literally redistribute wealth, taking that wealth from these huge entities who we barely can even scratch the surface of what their ethics are and putting that back into the people those people get to decide how they want to use that stream of revenue. Maybe it's supporting their business. Maybe it's supporting them amplifying their own content and some of the causes that matter to them. Maybe it's supporting their family. Maybe they're putting it back into their communities. Maybe they're using it towards charities. We do have quite a few partners who have identified some different nonprofits that they want to give back to. But that is their choice, and all of that feels more aligned and more expansive and more in tune with our values than giving our money to these advertising avenues. Just fuck yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I went on a soapbox. No. All accurate. All accurate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I got chills listening once again uh, to you sharing about that. And so I would love, I know we don't want to, you know, necessarily go into the negative, but I'd love to know even just one example of something that you've seen in the affiliate partnership space that you were like, I'm going to rebel against that or disrupt that, you know, both of these things and that both of you do so well. Uh, Is there anything that comes to mind? <laughs> I'll let Erica go first oh, on that no. one. I was like, oh <laughs> shit. Um, just watch. Yeah. I immediately think about like the announcer voice, like, I made a million dollars and you can too. I'm like, 
please stop lying to these people. <laughs> like the idea that you can basically employ a bunch of people to go out and talk about you, to make you a whole bunch of money and you didn't have to do anything for it. Mm-hmm. Which number one feels very predatory. It also is a lie because I don't care how simple you make it. Affiliate partnerships require work. And there's this lie that like, there's no, there's no work involved and you just sit back and let the money roll in. (laughs) And this, this under this kind of lie that like, you don't do anything and you just get money particularly when this is often perpetrated by um, white entrepreneurs, mainly white men, but not simply white men. It gives a disingenuous representation of how to make money and what you have access to, to people of color or women that are entrepreneurs. And they assume that all they have to do is and fill in the blank. And the fact is, is that when you approach making money and partnerships by starting that off with all you have to do is, and you didn't include values, you know, I already fucked up from being mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> yeah. So many thoughts came to mind in what you shared, Erica. Um, I'll say very similar to that is witnessing the idea that you have to The power imbalance of who's winning here, mm-hmm. right? Um, and one of the things that I really appreciate about your program, Laura, uh, and please, please give it the the correct way. I'm going off of long term memory on this one, but you talk about how it should be a win for everyone involved, a mm-hmm. win for the brand that has the partnership program, a win for the person who chooses to partner with them, as well as a win for the end user or consumer or client or insert phrase here, depending on what kind of program you offer or what you're selling. And I think that that is so important because I've witnessed, uh, even in like the product space of where you're selling apparel or physical goods, where it is presented as if once you have affiliate partners, you have to give them everything. And so the partner wins, but maybe you're not giving making sure it's a win for the client who's actually buying what you just gave that partner. So is your product actually quality? Or the brand is winning because I am going to go find these partners and you're going to talk about me and I'm going to require you to do like 30 posts a month and all of these things just to be able to say you're one of my partners, but you don't really get much back out of that either. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of power imbalances that I've witnessed as part of what goes wrong. Um, And I love that you really get people who go through your program to consider how can everyone involved win? Mm. I agree. Yeah. Those are two things that, of course, yeah, we've all seen play out time and time again. Uh, One thing that, Erica, what you were saying around promoting something is like it only takes you know, this amount of work. It reminds me of a conversation we were having earlier this week uh, within a group that I know that you were part of around our favorite clients Mm -hmm. being the ones who are willing to put in the work. Right. And so if we advertise, like, it doesn't take any work. 
then then you expect clients to come in who are willing to put in the work. It just doesn't add up. No, no. And I think it's important to be able to be clear on, you know, what the work is so that the people that are willing to work can be able to kind of find themselves reflected in it. But those that do want to find more ease in it, because maybe that's the season of life that they're in, that they have an opportunity to possibly find themselves, you know, represented there as well. Because I think Mm. that there's this misrepresentation that you have to do affiliate partnerships in one particular way. Mm -hmm. And our partners are affiliates for us in the way that it works for them and it works for us. It's not a cookie cutter thing. And I think that that's really important so that no one has to feel as though if I don't do it this way, I can't do it. Yeah. I love how you make that so individual for each partner. And that clearly reflects your values as well. Right. And I'd love to know from from India or Erica, what how do you make it a win for everyone? What are some ways that you've taken that into consideration if you've looked at others and seen that power imbalance? Kind of how are you setting up your structure so that it is more equitable? Um, one of the first thing that comes to mind is that we don't have hard rules on our partners around how often they need to promote or mention our brand. Mm. Um, We actually want what comes from them to be genuine. I mean, you don't come into a community setting talking about sex, talking about identity, talking about power and politics and visibility and vulnerability and leadership, you know, and then you have someone promoting a space like that and they're not coming from a transparent and an open and honest place. So and fully acknowledging that our space does require some emotional labor <laughs> and that there's beautiful things on the other side of that labor also means acknowledging that the content that goes out talking about some of the experiences people have had in this space or some of the new things that you're learning about some of these topics also requires a certain level of vulnerability in your visibility. And that's not necessarily for everyone to talk about all the time. So we don't put restrictions. We, unlike a lot of product-based brands, are not saying, well, if you don't talk about us at least X times a month, you know, you're removed from our partnership roster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's so unfair. Right. We give them that decision for themselves. Mm. So beautiful. Anything else on how you've made it? I mean, there's so many ways, I'm sure. But anything else you want to touch on, on how you've even rebelled against my program and made it your own? Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good question. (laughs) I think two things come up for me. One is that we, our our cart stays open. Mm. So there's no, um, there's no false urgency put out there. Um, We talk a lot about the fact that uh, urgency is a tool of white supremacy and to have witnessed people that are just like, if you don't buy now, you're going to regret it. Like, oh gosh, no. Like, so (laughs) having a cart that technically doesn't close means that you don't have to 
feel any of the kind of pressure of quote unquote launching, or as we like to call it, inviting, you know, these, this invitation period doesn't have to feel like it's a pressure filled uh, couple of weeks or however long it goes. And so if you know that maybe you have something that you're introducing, um, that's a new product that, you know, you're letting out to your people, you don't have to then figure out, well, now I got to have two launches at two separate times and I'm going to burn my team out. You don't, mm. that doesn't happen. And I think that that in itself um, kind of is a pressure release valve. The other is that we don't have um, kind of like templated language of like, mm-hmm. you know, here's a sheet, copy and paste this, stick it in your email and, you know, you're all done. Um, and I've unfortunately witnessed some people that they they literally sometimes leave it that cookie cutter. You can have two affiliates show up in your inbox with like almost the same message verbatim. And you're like, Ooh, well, that feels kind of icky. And we don't have that. Like we, we, I think we tried it and we found that we preferred for people to lead a little bit more with uh, what their experience has been, uh, how they have navigated the types of things that are happening in the space, the conversations, you know, imperfect allyship, but really having that humanity show up in your copy. Yes. From a, a tangible standpoint, um, one of the ways that we've done that is we've experimented with providing our partners uh, content prompts um, or journal prompts, however they choose to view that, um, as a way to get them started with something to share when they feel like, I have no ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and it's things that are still relevant to what our space is here to do, what our community is, is diving into. Um so it's not leaving them on their own to figure it out, but it's also not putting any potential pressure of this is how this email was written and now your email needs to look like this too. Right. Um, the other thing that you touched on, Erica, that I think is really cool that we've experimented with is we've stayed away from bonuses. Um, I know that bonuses is something that does work in a lot of different settings, so I'm not knocking it. Um, but it was important for us to feel like people didn't have to give away a whole bunch of things um, as a part of someone choosing their link out of our partners. Number one, we don't even have a ton of partners. Um, we're just in phase two of having a partnership program. So it's been invitation only. Uh, but also that second piece of just having participated in some myself where you can feel like I have to give so much stuff as a part of getting them to buy this one thing, or I just want to share the thing because I think it's great, you know? (laughs) So why do I need to give away all these things to get them to buy something that I already know is going to be supportive? And so for us with our partners, we've actually, um, instead of doing contests and things like that, uh, we have just surprise them with a gift here or there when it feels aligned and when we know it's something that they may enjoy or appreciate because maybe they shared that they like crystals. So we send them a crystal or they've shared that they're digging into something and we're sending them uh, a journal that may help with that. So beautiful. And what have you found, you know, through creating a partner program? And I hope y'all know that my question in this sense, is not how much revenue have you made? <laughs> <laughs> Although if you, you know, if you want to share that amazing. And what are some of the the benefits that you've that you've seen, if any, 
I'm actually assuming that there have been benefits <laughs> from your partner program. For me, the relationship building is such a huge part because people are choosing to talk about something that they've found benefit in with other people that they think can benefit from it. And we can then thank them by them being able to receive their affiliate revenue, which for me is like, it's it's a way of of someone being able to get that thank you without it having to literally each time be kind of a thing that you have to do. And to be able to kind of create a way to amplify something that is getting results for people, that something being the community and figuring out ways to do it. We created structures, we created standard operating procedures, SOPs, and really shifted the ways that we have given ourselves access to think about relationship building and growing the community and letting them know, you know, what's happening in here and this can benefit you too. I think it's opened up a completely different way of really thinking about and bringing new people in. Like, I, I, I think that it's completely shifted the perspective on it. Um, I'll speak for me. I'm <laughs> curious to know if you agree, Erica. Uh, but I enjoy giving, if I'm going to be honest. I like giving gifts. I like giving time. I like giving connections and opportunities. And so I've found that it's something that I've always been called to do, especially when it's like linking people together and getting the conversation going. And having a partner program um, honestly gives me a sustainable way to keep that giving going mm -hmm. without having to individually do something every time. I agree. Because that, like I, I mentioned that piece of like, hey, you did something and I want to thank you, not from a like, you know, you gave me, so now I have to give you, but like I want to. And this means that it is more sustainable to do it in this way. Um, and I mean, again, this is allowing people the opportunity to give because so often the conduit of giving and receiving, there's that one person that is like, I love to give. And other people are like, I want to give too, but you won't <laughs> let me give you anything. And so, <laughs> you know, them wanting to talk about their experiences and to share the benefits that they've had of being in the room and to share about the relationships that they've built and being able to, you know, have that type of, of sharing happening, that's a way to also give other people the opportunity to feel like they are a part of the giving. And I feel like we're all trying to find where is our current space in this giving and receiving that's happening. And we're making sure that nobody feels like they're left out of it because all of us at some point are, are giving and at some point all of us are receiving. And I think it's just the, the keeping the party going with it, which you love parties. So I'm like, the party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so huge, Erica. When you talk about the receiving side of that as well, like if you're someone who has been bumping up against your ability to receive and want to expand that, start a partner program. You're receiving all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. It is so stretchy, huh? 
That's putting it mildly. Yeah. (laughs) I personally confession, like I have trouble with it still of the receiving and of asking for people to support and all of that. Like it's a struggle for me. Have you found it a struggle for either of you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because it is that stretching and it, it like having a partner program will try to push through every boundary that you think that you have around giving and receiving and asking and support and um, like just capacity as a whole, like it will push all of them. And it's really up to you on where you let things expand and where you are honest with yourself and acknowledging that this is pushing up a boundary that I'm holding because this is in alignment with my values. How else can I shift? Which is still pushing you somewhere else because it's making you think out the box. Mm, Love that. So acknowledging that affiliate program, well, first of all, they stretch you. And India, if you want to add anything to that, please do. Uh, Acknowledging that they stretch you and that they are a lot of work because as you both know, it does take work <laughs> to, to create a partner program. What is something that you have thought about doing or would like to do? And it's on that future list when it comes to your partner program. Like it's like, a, ooh, I want to try that. And you, and you haven't been able to yet. Did you just realize you asked that of the huge idea person here? I'm like, oh, God, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I don't have ideas, y'all, but it is like India's brain is always t- like, <laughs> I literally have to keep a notebook by the bed because it'll keep me up at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> well, because of that, I want to hear from you first, Erica. Because I have like time. <sighs> I know you do. So I don't want to take <laughs> potentially one of the ones you have from you. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what the thing is right now. I, I know that in the past, um, we've had a live event, which is dropping the veil. And if you did not attend that, I will tell you, I was floored by the openness and the vulnerability and the sharing. And like, it was, it felt just like an, an amplified and condensed version of what happens in our space. So I like that really kind of blew me away. Um, I do think that likely at some point it will be continuing to figure out, you know, maybe what's a regular event that we do. And that can be something else that our partners can focus on as a part of how they want to share and when maybe they want to focus on sharing. Because, you know, we are definitely part of that part of uh, society that is like, I, I, is outside fully open yet? Can I go? I'm, I'm ready. Um, because mm-hmm. of missing that human to human interaction, missing the energy that comes up when you're able to share a a room and energy with others. And so I think being able to at some point figure out ways that we can continue to do that is definitely a big part of it. Oh my God, please don't get me off of here and immediately do that though. Please don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) And he's going to be like, she'll be like, well, since you said, wait, wait, wait. No. (laughs) (laughs) However, I do think that having that in-person component 
would be. Oh my God, please do it. Please, please. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because uh, Erica, you and I often will do like a museum date and we'll go to the museum and we'll check out something new and learn something new. And there's so much here being so close to DC. And on top of that, uh, some people will say it's free 99, but I'll say your tax paying dollars paid for in advance. Correct. Yes. (laughs) And it's like, how fun would that be to go to some of these historic museums and have some of that experience with our partners, with our members? Um, so that has definitely been on the radar. I'm with you on that, Erica. Um, sign me up yesterday. <laughs> I'm coming. Just tell me when. Yes, You're like, please. we're actually doing this. And <laughs> now everybody's listening. It's going to be like, I'm coming to be <laughs> Well, if we start getting, I mean, I'll put that out there too. If all of a sudden we get an influx of people that are like, yesterday, please, thank you. Well, then y'all just put a fire under us to do it sooner. So just saying. DC. <laughs> DC. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. I did not know where y'all were going to go with the answer and the even better than I thought. Uh, do you want to share any other any other ideas you've had of where you'd like to go with it? Um, I've been questioning where are we putting a barrier to our ability to receive mm-hmm. in a lot of places, just in life and in work in general. Um, and so, of course, our partner program has come into that question. And one of the things that um, <laughs> one of the things that I've been uh, wondering is if it's time for us to go into the next phase where people can apply to be a partner because right now there is no ability to apply. Mm-hmm. Hint hint. Oh, I feel a little squeamish saying that out loud. Yes, and I want to acknowledge that part of the squeamishness comes from the fact that we've witnessed people that um, will almost have an all call and let just any and everyone uh, be an affiliate just simply to have the numbers, i.e. go make me more money. Mm. And for us, relationship building is very important and values alignment is very important. But I also want to acknowledge exactly what India said. At some point, if we are putting barriers on what we can receive because we are deciding that your values are not aligned when we haven't truly evaluated that from an open enough space, that's not okay. Because reality might be, you might not quite be there right now, but if you are actively working to get there, if you have people that are in your community that you are interacting with. And when I say your community, that could be your online community of just people on social media, the people you work with in your programs, the clients you have, the people on your email list. It could be that there is a desire to do things differently and you just don't know where to do that. You have yet to find that space that you feel comfortable to really explore what you can do differently. What does imperfect allyship and imperfect action mean to you? And so if you are showing up with a true desire to expand into being more values aligned and, you know, what does it mean to truly take action through your values and you are a work in progress, it is values aligned for us to allow you to be a part of that. And in order to open that up to more people that fall into that space, we have to allow those that maybe we don't currently know as well 
to be able to apply. And then then we can decide if this feels like a good decision or not. Well, and I also, yes to everything you said, and just being transparent about how my brain works, it, it doesn't necessarily go to like self and uh, who the partners might be first. It also goes to the impact that's created, realizing that potentially having a barrier to entry to be a partner with us is also potentially having a barrier for the community being available to more people. And that impacts the world because in our space, we have people who are going through workshops, helping them dismantle toxic masculinity in their workplace. They're going through workshops, educating them on how they can build a give back component in their business and message that, or how they can factor in uh, creating awards programs and the pieces that may not be as desirable as far as having scholarship programs. And so it's not just the impact on the partner themselves or even us, but also the work that is being done in the space is impacting the world and creating more access, evolving culture to a place that I think we all can be happier with. I agree. I'm smiling so big. I was totally going to ask you a question around do you think that maybe you're holding back a little bit and then you went for it yourself? And it's so good. And if I can just sneak in this this last question here, well, potentially, do you have any things you do to get in touch within your body around, am I holding back because it is out of alignment with values? And not it doesn't have to be specifically around partnerships, but you know, am I not doing this because it's a values boundary or because it is a holding myself back boundary for, you know what I mean? Oh, how much time you got? Um. (laughs) (laughs) That question. Right. I mean, Indy and I both have talked um, on previous episodes and shared about how human design uh, shows up for us. And so that, is one of the things for us to kind of check in with, like, you know, is this a part of our design? Um, Asking each other questions that is in alignment with our design to really figure out, you know, what's the root of what's happening here and really trying to dig a little deeper. Um, I mean, that's that's definitely part of it. I think that's for both of us. I know for me, um, you know, there's meditation, there's, there's tarot, which is a huge one for me, like really moving into, um, some of my spiritual practices, you know, around, uh, moon cycles or even things like that to really be able to pay attention to my energy, to pay attention to how things feel in my body. When my gut is really clearly being like, you ignored me. So let me just (laughs) remind you again. Um, so it, it really is a lot of, maybe you would say kind of, you know, somatic types of things, really paying attention to what's going on in the body because your body knows before your mind does. Um, And really giving space to explore that while also not, you know, forcing either one of us to go into the woo so far that we disconnect it from the tangible or disconnect the tangible from understanding that, you know, energetic shifts and changes are real. So I think kind of staying in touch with that is a thing too. Yeah, I couldn't have said that better. Um, The human design piece for me is definitely more where I focus on and 
being someone who is a true generator, not a manifesting generator, a lot of times that is you, Erica, asking me yes or no questions and me allowing my sacral or my gut to respond with a bodily answer inside of me before Mm -hmm. my mouth does. (laughs) Right. But that's where I think, Laura, it's, you know, even with, you know, one of your events that I was recently in, like even just something as small as having a moment where you close your eyes and take a few deep breaths and recenter yourself. Um, that's a, a small moment that I know for some people it is a privilege and I'll acknowledge that, but that small moment of pausing is so powerful to really just kind of clear the noise, even if for just the smallest of time frames, to really be able to evaluate like, you know, what's happening or how am I feeling or what needs to, to go on here when you are making decisions or you are moving through, um, you know, creating and, and just the day-to-day types of pieces, all of it, you have to have this moment of being able to evaluate what's actually happening here versus what I'm told it needs to be. Like really being able to, to trust the messages that you're receiving in that moment, however they're coming to you. That literal pause on the play. Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh, gosh. I just, I love chatting with y'all. Can we do it every day? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're always so much fun, Laura. Same. <laughs> well, thank you so much for allowing me to to interview you. And I do hope that you will expand your partner program in a way that feels aligned and values driven. I know that you wouldn't do anything less anyway. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so can trust you doing that. Uh, and allowing, you know, I bet people are listening who are like, um, yes, sign me up. First of all, getting on a bus to DC. Second of all, <laughs> I want to be a partner and and support and share the pause on the plate community and allow more people to experience experience this. Well, and that was the thing I was going to say. I wanted to ask you what's always that last question, which is, you know, what would you want those that are either listening to this episode or reading the article? You know, what would you want them to go do? I'm like, I think you told them what to go do. (laughs) I take it. (laughs) I want them to go sign up to be a partner for Pause on the Play because it's the best and you can change the world. And to circle back to a comment that India made around, you know, what we talk about in my program with the wins, we call it the quadruple win. The first win when you create a partner program is you as the business owner. The second win is your partner. And this is not in any particular order, by the way, but the second win is the partner gets to win by sharing something and, you know, creating a revenue stream for themselves. That client gets to win, that customer that ultimately finds out about your offer. And in this case, the person who gets to find out about pause on the play and it's just the right thing that they've been looking for to take action and imperfect allyship. And then the fourth win is the world and that ripple effect that we can only create by getting these important offers out into the world and, and getting the right people in them to do the hard work of dismantling systems of oppression and and creating the world that we wish to see. Oh, I love all that. <sighs> see, mm. this is this is why we took your partner program. <laughs> I'm 
just saying, rock your affiliate, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so speaking of rock your affiliate, mm-hmm. Laura, you have an incredible program that has completely changed our entire business. And I know that many people listening to this conversation can maybe tell themselves a story that their business is too small or it's not a community or it's not a course or it's not a product. And I know that none of that matters when it comes to how you've laid out affiliate partnerships. So could you tell them a little bit more about what your program is? I would love to. Thank you. And here's where that like uncomfortability comes, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, it's lessened over time. But uh, yeah, so our program is called Rock Your Affiliate Program. And we help people with incredible offers like the Boz in the Plate community and course creators. And we've also had product-based businesses, service-based businesses, coaches, consultants come in and If you would like to market your business in a way that's aligned with your values and be able to redistribute wealth and spread that to people that you know, love, trust, care about, want to see, you know, spend their dollars in ways that align with their values rather than giving your money to, um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say his name on here. That's, that's the swear word that I know, right? Uh, rather than that, and or, you know, if that is aligned with your values to do paid advertisement, amazing, amazing. Um, and this is an additional way <laughs> to stay aligned with your values. Um, yeah, so we help you find the right partners who are aligned, uh, set them up for success with whether, you know, like India and Erica have content prompts. We also support people in doing other things to make it really easy for partners to share uh, how to support them during the actual promotion, and then also how to do all those technical work bits because there is quite a bit of work that goes into setting things up. And and once you have it set up, then you can continue to iterate. And you know, as y'all said, you're in phase two, and you know, moving into different phases, and and it becomes this this snowball effect within your business where rather than you know getting one off referrals, it's really it's really part of that ripple effect and part of that ecosystem of your business that allows it to grow while also watering those around you. Absolutely agree to all those things. So <laughs> if they would like to learn more, where would you like them to go visit? Just out of curiosity. Out of curiosity. I would love for you to go to laurasprinkle.com forward slash pause on the play because in full transparency, These two incredible humans are partners of ours as well. And I feel so, so grateful for that. Oh, trust me. I am grateful to be in a part. Be a good Lord. Let's try that again. Mouth. Come on. (laughs) I am grateful to be a partner. And it is it has been amazing to have you as one of our partners. So very, very much appreciate that. We'll also make sure to share everything inside of the article. So whether or not people are actually catching it while you're actually in launch mode or you have an upcoming one, they'll know to be able to get on your email list, learn all the cool things like street lettuce and find out about all those things. Y'all have to get on the list to find out. (laughs) Yeah. Go find what street lettuce is. for being here, for spending time with us, for interviewing us and asking us 
amazingly deep and introspective questions so that we can reflect back some of the things that we've learned, where we've been, and where we would love to go. We are very grateful for having you here, Laura. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that y'all got through all that goodness. It was a longer episode, but I mean, there was so much like that conversation was just, it was so on point. And I'm so glad that Laura asked the questions that she asked Indy and I, because again, some of these things, we just created what we created and it was great and we loved it. And you know, it's really important to be able to have these ways to let you into the process of why we did what we did and what the intentionality was and what we're hoping for the future. So now you have that information because we told y'all things that we want to create. So let us know (laughs) if that's what you want. And, you know, let us know if you want something that we didn't mention. But being able to just kind of have that moment to just share like that was really great. So thank you again, Laura, for being here. And again, for being one of our partners as well. So every time that you show up here open and ready to take in these real conversations in order to normalize the challenging things and make them part of your everyday exchanges, we thank you. This is how we remove stigma and create real change and connection while crossing lines and recreating boundaries together. Let's continue getting more people dropping the veil, and challenging their thoughts, feelings, actions, and state of being. So until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?